Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Week 5, eh? That was fun, wasn't it? I'm Sam Moores and this is the Full 10 Yards and Ever podcast and joining me to pick three of the best bits of Sunday's action is the returning guest, Nolly Darcy. Uh, there weren't too many close games, but most of them were really entertaining, weren't they, Ollie? Yeah, there were uh, some blowouts, some uh, close... There was a couple of close games, one that I know you were you were at that you uh, very much enjoyed, but uh, yeah, got week 5 already. It's, uh, we're getting on with it, aren't we? Yeah, and yeah, mate, to begin, there's only one place to start really, isn't there? And that's right here in the UK, where the Jags will leave London at 2-0, uh, well, 2-0 in London anyway, after beating the Bills 25-20 to go 3-2 and in the season. Uh, what a game this was, man. Two of the best QBs in the league. They put on a show for, uh, for for everyone. But for me, I think what I was most impressed with was both defences. They were the real stars in most of this game. Um, Jacksonville got out to an 11 11- Nothing lead in the first quarter after a roughing the passer penalty shortened the two point distance in half. I loved it from uh, Doug Peterson going for two right at the start of the game. It was bold, but again, like I said, I loved it. And it's a perfect statement of attempt for you know if the Jacks are going to win this game, they're going to beat the Bills. You have to go very aggressive from the start, and they did that. Um, the Jags defense that I've been hyping up on the podcast all year, I've been saying I like. I like what they're doing. You know, they've got a lot of young players that they've invested in. Um, that you know, you, you know, some of them aren't even making plays. You know, lots of De- Devin Lloyd's misses last two games. Trevon Walker's still not there, but you've got Josh Allen, man, who's such a good pass rusher, and Tyson Campbell and Darius Williams, who's these two cornerbacks again, who which are one of the best juries in the league, in my opinion. Um, so I've been I've been hyping them up all year. They help Buffalo just a one passing first down uh, before the two minute warning uh, when they did go, eventually go down the score an awesome throw from Josh Allen to Stevon Diggs who hit the suit right in front of me and my dad <laughs> uh, which is uh, which is really funny in celebration uh, the Jags then got to the red zone before the half um, a really nice drive from Lawrence again two minute drive from both of these QBs were excellent all game um, in, you know when the pressure really hit them but they had Lawrence turn the ball over uh, fumble on third and three AJ Epineza hit Hit him strip sack and uh, the Buffalo nailed it out to take it to 11 7 at half time. Uh, like, I said, like I said, both defences continued their impressive prey throughout the third quarter um, before both QBs gave us a grandstand finish. Uh, Darius Williams, I mentioned his name just a minute ago, he got his second interception of the London trip after uh, the pick six against Adesanbrida last week at the beginning of the fourth on a jump ball that Josh Allen actually underthrew uh, to Stefan Diggs. It was sort of his back foot, which is why, but yeah. Um, and from, from then on, the game was just flat out bonkers towards the end of it. Uh, Travis Etienne capped off an impressive drive to put the Jags 18-7 up with seven minutes to go uh, before Josh Allen connected with Gabe Davis in the ending with four minutes to go. So obviously two touchdowns in three minutes. A rough in the pass call on the other Josh Allen who got the sack, held them on the way. Um, but the two-point conversion for the Bills was no good, making it a five-point game. The Jags 18-13 up. Um, within a minute, the Jags were back, back up by two scores again with Travis Etienne heading in on a 35-yard touchdown run. He was so good yesterday. But Josh Allen was back in himself within four plays, bulldozing his way into the end zone with the help of his offensive lineman. Uh, a late hook and lateral play was no good for Buffalo with Trevon Walker recovering the ball to seal the Jags' victory. Uh, and I mean, look, Ollie, this this was, could have been this this was a real. I think this is a real statement win for the Jags, isn't it? Because you know, it always feels like they sort of hit form when they when they come to London. And obviously, for, for them, especially the last two weeks, they've been together for a whole two weeks. 
you know, bonding as a team. And obviously, you could you could see that they were the better better team yesterday, um, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, as you said, they've been what they've been in the UK now for two weeks, so they've travelled together, trained together, bonded together, all in London. And if anything, it is going to help. It's going to help them a lot. People don't like well. The teams have complained about traveling to London just for a week because it does it does mess them around a bit. But to have the Jags there for two weeks has really helped them, I'm sure. And you could tell yesterday against the Bills team who are red hot <clears throat> coming off beating the Dolphins, absolutely dismantling who many people thought were the number one team before week four. Uh, and as you said, their defence was absolutely brilliant, which is what people were expecting with those names, but their offence with Doug Peterson now is just looking really, really nice. Trevor Lawrence has made that leap, which is what people wanted to see. He's now done that. Travis Etienne, unbelievable game. I mean, it was. I think it was sealed by the rushing yards. 196 rushing yards for the Jags to only 29 of the Bills, which which won't get it done. If both defences are playing brilliantly, which is what the Bills and the Jags can do, it will come down to a bit of offence. And the Jags pulled out of the bag this time around, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne looking good. They were pretty clean with penalties. They had far less penalty yards, efficient on third downs. Uh, and if the Jags can keep rolling like this, there could be some joy in Jacksonville, definitely. Well, yeah, they've got one of the easiest schedules cut in the, throughout the rest of the season, which is good for the Jags too. And I've been saying that uh, Trevor Lawrence has all the numbers this year to be in the MVP conversation. It's just like when you look mm-hmm. in the box score and you look at his like normal, you know, ESPN stats, it'd be you know four touchdowns, you know, a couple of interceptions, which it doesn't look great. But when you look at the actual like you know in-depth analytics, you can see that Lawrence has been a, you know a top QB this year. You know, he, he's up there with Tua and Matthew Stafford with a big time throw this year. As I've, Said, yeah, I think he, he might even be at the top now today. I've not looked at the PFF numbers yet, but I believe he probably is at the top after um after week five. Um and yeah, you know, again he's he's hardly turned the ball. You know, he, well he's not had many turnover plays either. Um he's he's been a top QB again, and I think after the London game last year, after the loss to the Broncos, the Jags just went on their massive wing streak. They won seven in a row um, to get to the playoffs. And, and you know, obviously, they bonded as a team. And if the Jags can do something similar again, then they're going to be really, really difficult to beat. Um, and also, hitting form as well. They'll be hitting form at the right time again, which is awesome. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how far they go in the playoffs. But I think, obviously, both these teams will be playoff teams. The only thing you can really say um, is... Uh, Buffalo, they've unfortunately lost Matt Milano. It sounds like he's, he's done for the year. And, um knee and leg injury like it just doesn't it doesn't sound great at all and obviously he's the big he's the leader of their defense they've already lost Tremaine Edmonds uh in the offseason you know they, they're now going to be without their two uh the two starting linebackers so we'll see you know how viable they were to the defense um as you get on the year but obviously that could be a big mess can not they well I mean if if they lose someone like Matt Manano in that that middle linebacker call they are they're not in trouble, but they lost Tredavious White as well. I mean, that's two absolute studs yeah, of your defence just gone. And that is just defence wins championships. And the Bills have just been, or oh, they've been at that hurdle and they've just never got over it. And if their defence, I mean, it looked good yesterday, but if you're losing two absolute stars for the rest of the year, they could do some Aaron Rodgers Achilles magic and maybe come back for the playoffs. But... I, you, you just don't. You just don't know. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 a tough it's a tough one for the Bills and their defense. It really hits their playoff chances hard. But Josh Allen's an absolute fighter. He he won't go down. His offense won't go down without a fight. He'll try and put up some points. I mean, as you said, their defense yesterday was battling hard against that, the Jags. So they've got they've got plenty of opportunities. It's just whether they will get over that hump in the playoffs without those two stars in White and Milano. Well, that's the thing as well. I think now they've got James Cook, they can have to control games. They couldn't control the game yesterday, but obviously, you know, very different situations. I can sort of forgive them for that because the Jags have been, you know, a, a climate Buffalo had done. So you can sort of, you can sort of, you know, have an excuse there uh, to say. But I think, yeah, just final words on this one. I think the Bills, their, their defence is good without, without, obviously, Milano, without Davis White. They got Von Miller back yesterday, which obviously, you know, he didn't, Make that big of an impact, but it's his first game back after a year out. You know, I think he'll uh, hopefully Miller can make some plays, and it's that pass rush that will continue to frustrate teams because they can get you know they got to Lawrence yesterday a lot. They they got to two of the week before a lot without Von Miller as well. Now that you know, Apen Apenaza, Boogie Basham, uh, Greg Rousseau, who's is injured at the moment, but again when he comes back as well, you, that pass rush for Buffalo is so lethal. And again, that will be what what will continue to you know frustrate offenses because you know I think this is this is also Sean McDermott's you know calling play calls play plays for Buffalo's defense now because Leslie Frazier has gone into broadcasting um we've seen a great you know we've, we've actually I think McDermott called a great game yesterday even after mm-hmm. losing Milano even you know I think the DBs did quite well against the likes of Zay Jones Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley who yeah. you know they had the, the Jets sorry the Jags gave Calvin Ridley the ball, but it was, you know, creatively it would be, you know, comeback routes. So it would be, you know, they, they gave him, I think he had two r- rushes on jet sweeps. Like, cause they, they, pretty, they, they take Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram too, who did nothing all game pretty well. So that's something that you can sort of take away from that. Um, but again, both teams will be playoff teams in there. They might even meet again, might they? I mean, they, they both put on an absolute show yesterday, as you said. And if uh, you could honestly, you could put in a, uh, you could, putting a word saying that this could be your FC Championship game, you really could if someone could upset the Chiefs. Because if their defences can shut down teams like that, they can they can go far. Yeah, it was a 35th London game. Uh, one of the best London games as well. You could probably put it up there with the, the two great Kirk Cousins ones, one last year against the Saints mm-hmm. and the one with Washington uh, back in, I think, 2013 or 14. Uh, you could put those two back in there as well. But yeah, awesome day yesterday. Uh, moving on to Arizona, who uh, unfortunately came away with a loss against Cincinnati. The Bengals looked back. A healthier Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase were back on song to give the Bengals a much improved offensive performance to beat the Cardinals. Like last week, the on-script stuff at the start of the game was really good. We saw that in Tennessee the week before. last. Week. But the opening drive this time saw Chase score his first touchdown of the season and Burrow goes 7 for 7 for 55 yards. Uh, the, Cardinal, the Cardinals pass rush did get to Joe Burrow. The offensive struggle in the first half, and, you know, it was back and forth for most of it. But in the second half, they found the groove that we've been waiting for them to hit all season. Um, how important was that, Ollie? I mean, there were... You saw there were all sorts of reports coming out saying Burrow's not 100% healthy. Don't look into this. Don't look into games too much. But he just did what he does best and just took over a game, which is what he's done for the last two last two three years. He's just taking over, taken over games, and he just needed to do that. He needed to pick up this Bengals team, which looked absolutely shot of confidence, and pick them up drag them through and with the help of Jamar Chase, which is always a nice bit of help. Uh, they're going to, uh, they 
pulled through and got a win. They were both our picks for uh, winning the AFC, I think. And uh, I mean, look, they've only they've haven't had the greatest start, but if they keep rolling like if they keep rolling like that, they're not going to do too badly. I mean, they absolutely dominated on the uh, on the passing front, and Jamar Chase was just back to his best as well, wasn't he? Where he got the he got 192 yards, three touchdowns, 15 receptions, which I believe is a Bengals record. Um, record, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, that's just that's what they need to do. They need to uh, Zach Taylor needs to stop trying to be too cute and trying to do all sorts. They need to just put the ball in Boris' hands sometimes and just let him throw it. And what forty-six passing attempts, thirty-six completed, and that will win you games for the Bengals. And that's what got them to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. That's what got them to the AFC Championship game. They just need to keep doing that. And as you said, they may be back now if they do keep going with that blueprint. Yeah, the offensive line was much better yesterday, especially in the second half as well. They, they, uh, the Cardinals' defence brought them to the ground three times in the first half, but as the school pairs got up and, and chase, and obviously they, they have like T Higgins in this game as well, who's, who's got um, crap ribs, uh, the offensive line got better in the second half too. It was <clears> hopefully a massive sign because one, you know, if you can protect Burrow, if you give him time to throw like he had yesterday for a lot yeah. of it, then we see, you know, he's been beat up all season. He's been injured himself. He's not been fluid. Now he's a little bit healthier as we've seen, um, you know, in, in the news this week. Now, you know, we we finally saw a healthier Joe Burrow. We saw, you know, we saw him have time in the pocket and he stepped up and, and that that 63 yard bomb to Jamar Chase was just yeah, in stride was just lovely. And it's one of the best throws of the week that. And, um, and, uh, and, and that, and that, that gave the Bengals a lead um, right out of the half. Um, Momentum sort of briefly swung the Cardinals away. Uh, Amelia DeMicado, the runner back, went in for a TD. He was in for James Conner, who went out of a knee injury. It doesn't sound good on Conner's front either. He's had he's had knee history. So, um, yeah, that, that doesn't sound great at all. But DeMicado looked great yesterday. I actually thought, again, another sort of no-name player on the Cardinals who, who can make an impact, uh, as they have done all season. Um, Barry then actually had a pass intercepted after a, after Trent and Irwin slipped over, um, <laughs> which sort of, you know, OK, Hamid, the Cardinals might come back into it. But Jermaine Pratt stopped uh, DeMicado on fourth down. And the Bengals will quickly back up within two scores within a few seconds as Chase went in for, uh, for his third TD on his 14th catch. Uh, as you mentioned, he had 15, the 15 catches. Pratt was back in the news as well later in the game as he intercepted uh, Josh Jobs towards the end of the game and the Bengals won 34 uh, 20. Today, uh, sorry, yesterday, Josh Jobs threw his first two interceptions of the season, which sort of shows how good he's played this year and under the radar as well. And ultimately, I think. Uh, on form Bengals team were just too good for the Cardinals. I think that's what we saw yesterday because they weren't bad. You know, they weren't bad. The Bengals defense stepped up as, as well, but I think again, the Cardinals are probably better than a one and four record, and the Bengals certainly are better than a, their two and three record, right? Well, I was going to mention about the Cardinals. I think a one and four record is really, really tough on them. Uh, keep in mind their their win was against the Cowboys, a red hot Cowboys that had come out of the gates absolutely flying. Uh, they check the Cowboys. Their defense has been superb. They've been able to run the ball, as you said. Di Mercado looked really, really nice in re- replacing James Conner. Um, Josh Dobbs has been a very nice little game manager while Kyler Murray's been out. Um, and they, as you said, it was his first two interceptions, so he's been really clean as well. He's not been throwing it into double or triple coverage. They've been moving the ball nicely, and it's not been pretty football from the Cardinals. It wasn't going to be. Everyone thought they could go 0-16. And they've fought 
they have got that chip on their shoulder and they just keep fighting. They're better than one and four. And I would, I'd, I'd like to see them. I would love to see them get a few more wins. And I think they will, the way they're playing football. But as you said, they came up against a Bengals team that had something to prove, that were fighting for their lives, it seemed like. And Burrow did his thing. Jamal Chase did his thing. The offensive line finally did their thing, mm. protected Burrow. And their defence stepped up when when they needed to. And um, as you say, they could they might they probably are back. You'd like to think they're back. I'd like to think they're back for my my predictions. But uh, yeah, they uh, it it looked nice for them. And uh, Bengals fans will be happy with what they see. They just need to put the ball in Burrow's hands a bit more. Yeah, we'll get into it later, but the race with the AFC North is looking really interesting now uh, with, with, events, <laughs> with the rest of the games. On to our final game, we're going to break down before going through all the other games and picking the best bits out of them. It is the Cowboys who got absolutely walloped in San Francisco last <laughs> night. The, the Niners coming away 42 to 10 winners. Uh, their superstars, George Kittle and Fred Warner, put on a show on some night of football, making it a sorry night of football for America's team. Uh, Kittle with three touchdowns and a hat trick. As Mike Spricker called it, Fred Warner with a t- oh, sorry, with an interception, a forced fumble, a sack, and a tackle for loss, all in key moments too. And Brock Purdy too was terrific. Attack in the middle of the field with four touchdowns. He went, um, only 24 pass attempts to 17 to 24 for 252 yards. He was epic. Um, but we'll start with San Francisco because they just look so unstoppable, don't they? It's going to take a mega performance to beat them this season. Uh, it, it really is. And, and you know, they could, honestly, Philly maybe could beat them. It's, you know, it's going to be difficult to beat this team for sure, isn't it? And um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have what I think it's it's pretty safe to pick them for the one seed, isn't it? Right now, I mean, I'm, if you look at the stats from yesterday, if you everyone thought you must stop Christian McCaffrey, and they fair play Cowboys, the only thing they did really was stop Christian McCaffrey. He only averaged mm-hmm. two point seven. Did get a touchdown. Only averaged two point seven yards a pop, uh, 51 yards, and the 49ers still hung 42 points on one of the best defences in this league. It's just obscene what they are doing right now. They've got Kittle, who has been, by his standards, he's been good, but he's not had the big games that he would have liked. Finally turned up with with his first ever three TD game for the 49ers, averaging to 22 yards a reception and then what you've got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel as well who is who are just absolute weapons in the passing game and as you said Brock Purdy is turning he is showing some some fantastic ability he is just coming into his own he they put a lot of faith into him trading away trade Trey Lance after trading for him for a ridiculous package <laughs> But he is he's showing he's showing that they've put their faith in the right person and what two hundred and fifty two yards with only seven incompletions, four touchdowns. It's just it's scary. It is really scary for the for the rest of the NFL, the way these 49ers are just chugging along. Yeah, and I mean it's I mean I'm not a big fan of Purdy. I think he's great. I think if you um, you know, as a for what what the Niners have, but I would say if you put Kirk Cousins in the offense, it would be unstoppable. That's that's what <laughs> I, I still think that they'll look to upgrade you know to Cousins in in the off season. Um, I think if you put 
maybe Dak Prescott in his offensive would be even better as well. Um, and I will get on to Dallas's offenses now, offense now because it, it hasn't impressed me at all. If I if I'm being honest, yeah, I've seen one good week from Dallas in in five on offense. You know, yeah, yeah, you can run the ball. I like Tony Pollard. I like Daldo. I like you know, I like all the players you're you're running the ball with. But you're meant to have a good QB and you're meant to have a great. Res- Steve, sorry, trio in obviously CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, right? I've not seen Cooks or Gallup do anything this season if I'm being honest, but like Cook, we said on the podcast of Liam on Friday, it looks like Cooks 1,000 yards, you know, season streak you know, however long it is, like 9 years or whatever, is going to probably end, because um, he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, been a, a non-player in this offence you know, why is no one stepping up? You know, the roster's so talented, you know, but without their defensive TDs, the Cowboys could genuinely, you know, have a few more losses on the record because they haven't, they've, you know, offense-wise, they're tied for 21st, the Packers, the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Raiders at 4.9 yards per, per play. Not not impressive at all. They're tied for the third worst, um, you know, number in passing yards per completion. Again, shows that Dak's not really doing anything at all, really. You know, just like, uh, do, do you see the same thing? Like they've got all the players. You know, they've got a decent offensive line. They've got they've had their offensive line you know, fully back in this game too. Um, but even without them, they've still been a, you know mid offensive line to you know, to to sort of above average offensive line without Zach Martin and and you know, Tyron Smith. And it's it just like uh, just uh, uh, you know Dallas's defense is so good, but Mike McCarthy like his offense is it's just so dull. It's so boring. And I feel like honestly, I feel like you're just wasting an opportunity for a Super Bowl here because. I think you know. I look. I look at the other side of the ball. I see if Dak Prescott was in that Niners offense, and he had, you know, like just. Like, I think Dallas could genuinely probably you know, win the Super Bowl. But right now, I I don't see it at all. I uh, it's you. You mentioned Mike McCarthy, and you, is it? It could be a coaching thing, but you've got to look at their offense and just you've got to question it. Where is this like next man up mentality, like? You said their rushing game is quite good. They got absolutely, they got bottled up against the 49ers, but their defense is just out of this world. Fair play for bottling up Pollard and Dowell. But their, their receiving core is so talented. And yeah, you've got C.D. Lamb who will make will find his way open because he is that guy. But then you've got Jake Ferguson as well at tight end, who has been who is who can do it at tight end. He can be a fantastic ball barrier he could be brilliant with yak michael gallup and brandon cooks it's just cooks had one reception gallup had two i mean <laughs> like on prime time you're meant to show up you're meant to turn up they just they hid behind the lights they hid they hid away from the lights they didn't turn up and the main person that should have been there had the light shine on him and at least take this game to the 49ers and show why they have this record is Dak Prescott, and he did not do that at all. 153 yards, three interceptions. I mean, he's done this for years and years with different coaches. He looks fantastic one game and he'll throw for 400 yards, and then he'll drop, he will lay an absolute egg. He will lay an egg, 153 yards, three interceptions, only one TD. You could, you could, Blame coaching again. You go from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy, maybe, and say, "Oh, this isn't." But when will you? When can you look at the offense and say there is a problem here with our with our quarterback, with our wide receiver two and three? You've got to do that sometime. Their defense is fine. They first game they've probably let up against a fantastic 49ers offense, 
there is you've got to have a look at this offense, which, as you say, has not been special at all. It, you've been impressed with them one one week. I'd probably say the same. It's just you've got yeah, to have last a look against the Patriots. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And you've just got to have a look at what is going wrong, and can you upgrade your position? Can can you find someone better than Dak Prescott? I mean, it's not like it's. He's been given this massive contract and he's never played up to it. And yesterday just proved that. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think at some at some point you got to look at sort of what what what's wrong because well, it's just been the same Cowboys since like 2017. You know they're that yeah. you know they had the good first year after Romo got injured. That came in and since then they've just been the same old team. You know, they've got they've had an absolutely loaded roster in this window since then as well, especially on the defensive side of the ball now. And it just looked like same old Cowboys again and again and again. I just feel like yeah, yeah honestly again put put Kirk Cousins in this Cowboys offense. I think he. Again, could probably be just Super Bowl in it. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I'd. I'd. I'd have. You know. I think Cousins is better than Dak, and I think. <laughs> I think actually him being under the spotlight in Dallas might actually be good for Kirk as well. To be honest with you, that's the kind of thing that I. Yeah. yeah he, he could prove a lot of doubt is wrong there. We'll, we'll see, but um, yeah. For, for now, the Niners are so good, and the Cowboys talented, but yeah, they've got two losses now, and they're starting to starting to concern me a little bit. Right onto the mm-hmm. onto the rest of the state now. We'll start over the Chiefs, who uh, were twenty seven twenty winners over Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings. Um, this one was really tight throughout. Actually, I thought um, the Vikings played well again, but another fumble to start the game sort of just showed. You know, and from you know, and from then they were you know a step behind from the Chiefs. Um, yeah, they're losing so many games because they, you know, it's not Kirk that's turning the ball over. It's, you know, it's running backs, it's tight ends after the catch. That's the problem. <laughs> Again, they've got about nine fumbles in the first five weeks. You know, that, that that that's not normal at all. Like, you have to you have to wonder what what's going on there. Like I said, they were quite creative on defense. They they dealt with Mahomes quite well. Uh, Brian Flores is a you know, creative game game plan as ever, getting you know blitzing pretty much anyone, but also you know making sure you have tight coverage as well. Um, I thought the Chiefs. Good, I, but I get again. I'm you know I'm still not you know sold on the them completely. I still think they're a top ten offense, but I don't think they're like a number one offense they were last year. Even um, you know, which surprised us all. I think they sort of you know regressed to mean a little bit. I'd say. Um, but yeah, the Vikings, they're they're just like you know they they could again they could have won this game. They've one of four now. Again, they, they could they've lost what four one score games. They could have won all four of those games, and they're. The worst performance was their win against Carolina. Again, the Chiefs in the Eagles game, I thought they were really good. The uh, who else did they play? The um the Bucks game, I thought they were good. The, the Chargers game, I thought they were good, but it's they 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 cost themselves wins here, uh, and you have to wonder like you know when it's time to just, just blow it up because you know w- what happens you, 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 at this point you know you could get a quarterback, let Cousins walk, and you know, if you get Kerry Williams into that Vikings offense now. Bear in mind, you also got a load of cap room. You sort of hate the mini rebuild in, in the off season. You're then thinking, "Hello, this this might you know a lot of t- a lot of teams over the next couple of weeks. We're going to see what they are, um, what what their future will be because you know, this is a team here that are are sat at one and four, and I'm not impressed by them whatsoever. Well, sorry, I am impressed by them, but I'm not impressed by the way they play. You know, the way they're finishing out games and not really the one and four. Um, yeah, again, Chiefs were Chiefs were all right. But the Vikings again cost themselves a game where they could have upset the Chiefs, didn't they? I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be complaining if you if they blew it up already at one four as a 
fellow uh, as a supporter of the NFC North. But I mean, I I I wouldn't say blow it up because. Last year, everything turned to gold for them. They won all these one-possession games. Now it's just vice versa. And I don't know what you can put it down. I can't really... The only thing that I can lay a finger on is poor just poor coaching and poor management because well, that that's how be you lose... Yeah, that's how you lose poor games. And maybe they blow up in the off-season in that regard. They may they may let Kirk Cousins walk. They may think it's time for a little bit of change. But I mean, Kirk wasn't bad yesterday. But a little bit of change may be needed. They had a little bit of change this off season, but not too much. And everyone was mm-hmm. umming and ahhing about them. And they've just come out and it's just come out wrong for them. But they've just missed it because of these one possession games. But they've missed it in the biggest regard, and that is coaching. And that's maybe where the change needs to come from. Yeah, I, I think I think again, Brian Flores in that building. I think he, you know, he probably deserves yeah. another chance as a head coach. Again, he didn't treat Tua very well, which is what lost him his job in the first place. But I think again, from what he did offer in that time, he might be someone that they uh, they that they could look to if they do decide to move on from Kevin O'Connell. Um, yeah, and the only other thing I can take out of this game is that other uh, injuries. Travis Kelsey did look to hurt his ankle on the turf, which we're thinking, oh, you know, Travis Kelsey, if he hurts his ankle on the turf, you know, Tra- you know Taylor Swift's not there, but, you know, <laughs> all the Swifties will be will basically for- force the NFL into changing to all failed league. Then you then about three plays later, he went back into the game and it was all fine. Uh, then Justin Jefferson, unfortunately, did get injured. He, uh, he got taken out of the game with a hamstring injury. Luckily, it's just a hamstring, so again, it's not a long term thing by any means. But whether he plays next week or not, you know, he's touch and go right now. Um, they needed him in the final drive to tie the game, and they didn't have him. And Cousins took, Cousins took the sack uh, as the game expired. Um, but you know, the Chiefs are great. They're four and one. They're top of the, the AFC of the Dolphins now. And uh, you know, when they're not even when they're not impressing, they still they still find a way to win each time. And that's that's the most impressive thing about Andy Reid as a coach. Okay, we're moving on to a game that was absolutely mental. It's just pure AFC North. This one, uh, the Ravens losing to Pittsburgh and I just I just look at them like how did they lose this one right honestly they, they had about six things that just went you know they could have absolutely blown out the Steelers here and they lost 10-17 right Rashad Bateman dropped a touchdown in the second quarter Justice Hill fumbled uh, fumbled um, fumbled um, when you know running that then led to a field goal for the uh, Steelers Nelson Aguilar dropped what would have been a walking TD on a deep ball um, from the Mar. Uh, the Steelers then blocked a punt for a safety, which could have been a TD. It was very lucky not to have, uh, you know, have rolled out the end zone before uh, the Steelers recovered it. Uh, then Zay Flowers tripped over, went a wide open on another deep ball. Again, that would have been a, a, a big gain. Um, they they, uh, they forced to fumble on a punt, then got an instant red zone opportunity where you think, okay, they're going to really start to you know, take a lead in this one. Then uh, Lamar makes his what you know his first bad play of the game, which you know is excellent. I don't, I hope. You know, I hope this doesn't go on Lamar because it, it wasn't his uh, fault the Ravens lost yesterday, but he was picked off by Joe Potter in the end zone. Uh, Kenny Pickett then hit George Pickens for a 41-yard TD with a minute left, leading to an impressive drive after the Potter interception. Um, and then after that, it just yeah, it, it just swung Pittsburgh's way, and the Ravens was you know, it had six or seven opportunities to really take a, a lead in this game. Uh, Alex Highsmith forced Lamar to fumble a few plays later, and TJ Watt was there to scoop it up again. TJ Watt he just always ran the ball, and he again he he is probably won Pittsburgh two games this season on 
his own, to be honest with you. Um, Chris Boswell made it 10-17 to the Steelers, uh, leaving, the, leaving the Ravens with 40 seconds left to tie the game, and Lamar took a sack, and that was the game over. Again, this one was just typical. You know, it's back and forth, great defence, but the Ravens are going to be kicking themselves because all these drops, all these, you know, just poor football plays, <laughs> like... They've now they've such a big advantage in the AFC North. Another Steelers at the top of the AFC North, which seemed impossible a few weeks ago. You know, especially with that offense. Just, you know, they've not hit over twenty game points a game, and and the Bengals are back in play now. If you're the Ravens, yeah. just think. You know, if you're a Ravens fan, just thinking, how have we let that one go? Because because you know they were they were in the driving seat for the North, and now it's just flipped because because of poor execution. I mean, I'll get onto the Ravens in a bit, but just a word on the Steelers. You would. Talking about it, what week one at the uh, at the launch party, you were saying previously that the Steelers and Mike Tomlin can do something, and after week one, no one thought anything was going to happen with them, and now they've turned up and they're well, they they're winning games, which is just what Mike Tomlin does. They can win, they can be down what ten three in the final quarter, and they could reel off fourteen points in the fourth quarter and win games. Uh, that's what good coaching does. That is what will get you to. That was what gets you a tick in the win column. Uh, I mean, the a- the a- AFC North is just it's just an absolute minefield. The Ravens, though, is just it's just they had so many opportunities to just grab the game by the scruff of the neck, and once again, their offense just could not pull through. They they'll play pretty they'll play pretty nice football for three quarters and then final quarter when it means the most they will just lay the biggest egg and they did that for the whole of the second half really. Uh, there's been talk about getting a good receiving core and they just cannot they 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 have these names they've got Zay Flowers Rashad Bateman. Nelson Aguilar, and they just they nothing clicks with their receiving core. It just does not click for them. And I mean, they've had injuries. They've still got injuries. I mean, Odell went to the locker room. I don't can't remember if he came back or not. But there's only so much you can blame injuries on. And yesterday was not a game that you can blame injuries on at all. That was just poor football, and it's just not it's not a good look for the Ravens. Yesterday, it will not be. It will not give them any hope if they do make the playoffs in what is now a really tight division battle. Uh, I mean, it's not on Lamar this game, but he's gonna ha- he's gonna have to pull a few games out of the bag now after that performance from their offense. Well, that's what that's what I mean. I think you know, I before this game, I still have him in this game because there's, there's still no clear MVP. I think Lamar again was one of the pers- one of the people I say was in the MVP conversation. He had a great game against Baltimore. Sorry, against the 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 Browns. That's what I meant. Um, and then you know, and every other game but the Houston game in Week One has been really good for Baltimore. Then yesterday again, you know, AFC North game when it matters, they couldn't really. You know, they every, everyone. You know, Bateman, Justice Hill, Nelson Aguilar. Zay Flowers all you know all made mistakes yesterday that cost them the game. But that's you know, that's four different offensive weapons. You mentioned it. Oda Beckham went out of the game with an injury. That's that's five offensive players that have let you down in that game. Um, and then Lamar again. He had he, he had a fumble. He had a he had, he had a pick and he had he got sacked at the very end. That you know and but I think because of that, you no, know, those happened because you know he was trying to force too much because the rest of the team couldn't 
you know, couldn't do it either. So I think everything just went wrong for the Ravens as the game went on yesterday. Um, but yeah, I think it just sets up a really tasty AFC North, which I'm loving. Uh, on to the to the uh, the NFC now, where the uh, two NFC heavyweights of previous years met. The uh, the Super Bowl uh, winners from two years ago, the Rams, uh, hosted the Eagles, who reached the Super Bowl last year. It's a great game between, I think, actually two players. Teams. I think the the Rams are are in are in the hunt for sure. Um, mm. Ollie, what did you see from this one? You know, it was great to see Cooper, Cooper Cup back. Both him and Nakua had a day, and um, and the Eagles looked really good as well, didn't they? It was, I think, probably be encouraged by, by both teams. I mean, as you you said, I think it was a is a real it was a real it's a bit of a dogfight. You you've seen their offenses, and you got cut back for the Rams, which you thought would elevate. And Matt Stafford is playing some really nice football. And the Eagles can do a lot of things on the offensive side of the ball. But it was a bit of a dogfight, wasn't it? It wasn't high scoring, showed the Rams defense is not it they they do not slouch. They are back. Aaron Donald doing his thing as per and the Eagles defense once again. All over is just all over just, him. It's just unreal, isn't it? I mean, it's I I would want to uh, Gonna have a word on Jalen Hurts, and I mean they lost Shane Steichen, and the beginning, the first few weeks, he was looking a bit ropey, and yeah, he threw an inception in the in the end zone, which was horrifically underthrew. I heard Greg Olson saying he was done on purpose. Don't really know if it was or not, but <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a pretty throw, but I mean three hundred yard, three hundred three yards in total for him, uh, and he ran the ball as he did, got a touchdown. Their offense looks fantastic. I mean, AJ Brown is just unbelievable. Some of the grabs that he was pulling off yesterday was superb. Dallas got it at 117 yards. He looked finally got him involved. Best. Yeah, they finally, finally got him involved. Like I said, in 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 fantasy this year, he's been tight end number 30, so he, he's yeah. not been involved in the past game at all. Really, uh, I benched him in one of the leagues this week. Uh, luckily, <laughs> I I benched yeah. him for Cole Komet who had a game on Thursday night, so I still got away a bit. But um, yeah, no, he he finally turned up. Dallas got it did, which is good. And I think as well, it's a second straight good week for their offense too, because they were good against the Commanders last week. Um, yeah. to uh, because you know they're now hitting a groove. Obviously, new offensive coordinator, as you were saying, mm. um, and now is again where you're really starting to hit a groove. And and again, all your key players made a play yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and their defense, their key players turned up and made some absolute unreal plays. Jalen Carter, there was a lot of talk about him. The fact he fell to the Eagles was just scary for the whole league, and it's even more scary now. Two sacks on Matt Stafford. They couldn't get anywhere near him. Hassan Reddick is just unbelievable. He is still playing fantastic football. And they slowed down an LA Rams def- uh, offense, sorry. But as you said, had cut back that was moving well. Puka Nakua has been fantastic. And he didn't slow down again yesterday either, really. Cup came back 118 yards. He did his thing. But Nakua had seven receptions, one less than Cup, 71 yards, and he got another touchdown to his name. So he looks he looks like an absolute star for them. Kyron Williams, how uh, they put faith in him. He looks good. He was what fifty three yards for four yards of carry. And I mean, I think the Rams, as you say, are going to be a re- they're going to challenge in the playoffs. McVeigh, we know what he can do. He's an absolute. He's an absolute. He's unbelievable in that head coach role. They just came up against an undefeated Eagles team that. Are going to that are just vying for another Super Bowl chance, and I think it is a pretty big statement win for that for those Eagles 
Their offense played well. Their defense played fantastically. And maybe against what the two or three Rams now, but the Rams look fantastic throughout the season. And that was a big win for the Eagles. For sure. Well, it's another big win this time. Um, this time for the Saints. Another huge loss to Bill Belichick. His two biggest losses in his career back to back. Mac Jones was benched again in the third quarter. Another pick six this time to Tyron Matthew. He uh, threw out of a sack. Also uh, a high pitch to Stevenson, which was quickly caught and then fumbled. And then another interception as well on a deflection. So that's three turnovers called for Mac Jones. Um, nothing's changed from last year. If anything, I think they actually look worse as a team, to be honest with you. Ultimately, that they've played, you know, their schedule to start the year has been horrific. It's been so difficult. Probably the most difficult in the league. Um, but... Uh, like I just feel like I just feel like there's something wrong with this team. It, it, if I feel like something has to change with the Patriots, I, I just, they just feel done. It feels the dynasty, like you know, on you, even like the, the legacy, it just feels done now. You know, everything mm. you've had a couple of years now, they've not been, you know, they've not been at dynasty, but they still they found a way to win games. And right now, it just feels done because they aren't winning these games. You know, the games they're supposed to win, the games they've been winning for twenty years. You know yeah. the losses to the Eagles and the Dolphins. You, it's fine. They're you know they're 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 excusable. They're two of the best teams in the league. They played okay that game. You know yeah. they played hard against good teams against Dallas again. A little bit too. You know they were still horrific in the fundamentals. But like you know that's a team that, the, that that's a team that you, you you're supposed to lose to. As you, you know yeah. with that you know, talent of Patriots. But the Saints. You know like that's the game that Budich has been winning for twenty years. That against that sort of level of opponent. You know Derek Carr off an injury. Alvin Kamara coming back. He's a bit rusty. Chris Alavi's injured as well. It's you know he he's got something wrong with it a little bit. So he wasn't he wasn't hundred percent. You just I just look at them and I'm just like yeah like what on earth was it like what enough is going wrong with these Patriots like I just it just feels like it's just the beginning of the end and and you know they're sitting sat at one and four now right just imagine like. You know what? What's going to happen next? Because I feel like they got, they are going to find some wins at the end of the season, right? And probably cost themselves, you know, uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May. I think they might cost themselves that. But right now, like what that like in that building, I just want to be a fly on the wall. I want to know what's going on in that <laughs> building because it just fascinates me. I really do because they're stuck in a situation now where Belichick, you know, he cannot win as a head coach without Brady. You know. You know now more than ever before. You know, it's, it, it feels like you know, but O'Brien's offense hasn't worked. It's just you know, jump balls to Devonte Parker, and or maybe you might find Kendrick Bourne open, but he is open here once every couple of plays. Not you know, not like any other you know slot receiver, and it's just you know, Ramondre and Zeke can't run the ball. It's just like it's just mid, and I just <laughs> it's, you know, it's and mid, and you know, verging towards bad. You know, yeah. and the Patriots are a bad football team, and that's that's something we've never said. You know, in in our lifetimes, it's 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 mental, isn't it? It's just what's going on. I mean, well, you said it's the beginning of the end. I think they're they're almost nearing the end already. If you're benching Mac Jones in the third quarter, you are you've just completely lost the offensive plot. It seems. I mean. He threw 22 times and, what, 12 for 22, 110 yards, two inceptions, another pick six. He, I don't know whether it's his fault, really. I mean, I don't think it pick is. six. You can't, you don't know. You just, it's really interesting because he may not have had, he may not have had his greatest two games back to back where he's had two pick sixes in two games. But their offense, as you said, Zeke, and Ramondre Stevenson, both big names in the run game, cannot get 
they just can't get moving. Stevenson only had 24 yards off eight tries. Kendrick Bourne was their leading receiver with 43 yards and two receptions. It's just stagnant. It is so stagnant. And you can't pin it on Belichick, can you? Because he is a defensive-minded head coach. But it's... They are just... I wouldn't even call them mid their offense. I think they their offense could honestly be close to the worst in the league. It's it really, just it's, it's it's really poor. The defense has been pretty good this year. They let that's up what makes them mid. Saints. I think their yeah. the defense is, is the the defense is saving this team from being the worst team in football. It, yeah, like that, 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 that's how bad the Patriots are at this point. Belichick is like he's neglected the offensive side of the ball for a while now. You know, it's an offensive league now. It really is. It's offense first, not defense first, yeah. right? You know, you have to have a quarterback or you know skill skill position players to win in this football. You know, in this league, they've got the offensive line, yes, but they they don't have the skill. You know, Zeke's probably done. Ramondre is you know. I'd probably say he's taken a step back from last year. I thought he'd be an every down back. Obviously, they didn't feel that way. That's why they brought in Zeke. And and he's not done much either. Your receiver, you've probably got the worst receiver room in the league, if I'm being honest. Tight end, you've got a tight end in Mike Gasicki, who, yes, okay, he's got all the measurables to be a great tight end. But he he, he has no run-after catch ability, right? He's a slow strider also i'm not being funny as a tight end he can't block so so he you know, he's paying him a lot of money and you know he's not in the game half the time hunter henry is your best offensive player right now which again in the year 2023 is saying something i just i just see i i honestly i just it's just it's just like you know all the chickens coming home to roost for the for, 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 for better chicken it, it really is and i i just want to know what happens because i you can't fire him does he walk I, like it it's just like there's been talk about you know a new a little bit of you know unrest in this like in this in this building right you know if, if, you know there's you know a little bit of you know friction between between Belichick and Kraft. Well, what happens now because this is your worst starts, you know probably in the year I expect, and yeah like it's just and the Saints are you know Saints weren't good yesterday they they, they weren't you know Carl wasn't great. Like they he, again, him and Alave didn't reconnect really a couple of balls because Alave's a little bit hurt. But the Patriots, the Patriots handled them that game uh, yesterday, and I think that's that's what we can take away from it. With like something, you know, I could be saying this now, and they'll go and they'll stink the rest of the season, and go, and Belichick will will you know start a second dynasty of Caleb Williams, and we'll we'll, we'll be um we'll, we'll see you know you know twenty years of dominance you know hand over to someone like Josh McDaniels, you know, actually saying that he's a bad head coach, but you know hand over <laughs> hand over to someone, take over the Patriots franchise, and they go you know go for another massive era. We could see that, but I think they're gonna win a couple of games on defense eventually, and probably take themselves out of that stake, especially with you know how bad the the Panthers have been and the, the Bears got that pick and yeah. everything. But yeah, I think they're probably gonna have a top ten pick onto the Patriots now um so we'll see what they are this time next year but right now i think they're, they're done aren't they really there's no way they're, I, they're, they're done yeah i i think i think we've been talking about another or we're talking about the vikings who are one and four and say do you blow it up and i said no because they're playing some nice football they push the chiefs all the way you've just lost 34 nil to the saints and the saints have been really nice on defense offensively they have moved the ball quite nicely yesterday was not a good offensive show their defense Played very nicely, but that was against the Patriots, who could honestly be one of the worst offences in the league. And they are probably one of the teams who I say are very close to just, just blow it up, just go again next year. 
just reload. Because if you give Belichick a better offense with the defense, the defense playing quite well, pretty well, then maybe he's worth keeping around. But if there's not going to be any love to the offense, like, uh, well, I mean, he hasn't shown it since 2017, like you've said. Is it time for Kraft to make a big boy decision and let him walk? I mean, it's it's a really, really interesting decision, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out in the next in the next few weeks. But they are they're in some deep water. These Patriots, for sure. Uh, on to a team that again I mentioned them just a minute ago. They are in deep water. It's the Panthers. They moved to zero and five. They lost to the Lions twenty to forty two. Um, Detroit moves to four and one, which is massive for that franchise. They breeze past the young and the Panthers, and man, this Lions offense is so fun to watch. They look good, even <laughs> missing Amara St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs yesterday. That's two the two of your best players. David Montgomery had a day. Josh Reynolds too. Salma Paul. So again, he's he's one of my favorite players to watch in this league. I loved him in the draft process. Like you know. I actually thought Bryce Young looked pretty good as the game went on, but his his takeaways at the start of the game cost the Panthers the game. Um, yeah, I just what what did you see from this one, Ollie? I mean, I, what what I sat down and fully watched the Lions last week Thursday night football, walked into Lambeau and just dominated really, and they did the same again. And Dan Campbell has built an app. He's he's built a team, and that is what you can do when you have a team that is united after going through hardship from the last from the last two years that last year as well we finally went on their that run and they're just building and building and building and they are they are on the crest of a wave right now I think with him is, as well he's he's like he's a, a head coach that's what yeah, he like yeah. you know, it's like hardball it's like tomlin those guys don't call plays you know you know Dan Campbell is not, you know, he doesn't call plays. He's a tight end coach. You know, Ben Johnson is one of the best offensive minds in football we're seeing at the moment on the offensive oh, side of the yeah. ball. And Aaron yeah. Glenn's getting by on defense after last year's, you know, sh- you know, shit's heat that the Lions had on defense last year. They yeah. spent a bit of money on it, and now, you know, now they're getting away with it, and and now they're starting to play better. They've got some talent as well. They got, um, they're about Brian Branch yesterday as well, another young DB they brought in. Um, they've missed Emmanuel Mosey. Now this Lions team again, I I would probably put the Lions to beat the Cowboys now. I'd probably say they're their third best team in the yeah. NFC, if I'm being honest. I'm loving what I'm seeing. It's so creative on offense from, from Ben Johnson. We saw that with the flea thicker. The Niners ran a very similar play on Sunday Night Football. Um, yeah, just it's just so fun to watch. And again, they were missing Amara St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs. It's, it's, I, I, it's just it's it's just it's ridiculous i mean gibbs didn't do much last week on thursday night football montgomery carried the rock and absolutely destroyed the packers on the ground and he did it once again against the panthers uh, missing miss missing amon rasse brown as well is just it's it would hurt any normal team but these lions don't seem they don't seem normal and defensively they they can rush this. They can hunt the quarterback and they can hit him and they can stop the run. It is their defensive line is dangerous. Aiden Hutchinson looks like an absolute stud. He looks fantastic. Their defensive line looks brilliant. Anzalone controlling that those linebackers. He he look he's coming into his own. And yeah, they miss Branch. Mosley's been out for a while. But they they just make plays. They're just they're all they've all to coin a phrase, they have all got that dog in them. And they they just play so hard. And it's just 
it's just fun to watch. Like you said, they are a really fun team to watch. And credit Ben Johnson. He made the Packers look really silly last week. He made the Panthers look silly. A triple flea flicker for a touchdown is just obscene. And it's just, what? They they look fantastic. They look so, so good. And as you say, they could be, you could say they're second, third best team in the NFC. And yeah, it looks good. It's 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 tough on the Panthers because I, I I I don't know if they deserve to get a forty a forty burger thrown onto them, but yeah, that's a that's a complete they just blow it up. They're zero and five. That see you later. We'll see you next year. Pretty much. Bryce Young, as you said, looked quite good. Thielen had another hundred yard game, but it's just it's it's really poor in Carolina right now, isn't it? Yeah, well, their offensive line is a joke and their defence, um, they've got talent on defence, but again, Thompson, Luvu, Brian Burns, JC Horn, like all of them just get hurt so often that I think something's got to change really on that on that defence because, again, last couple of years, all they've done is get injured. Um, and, you know, the, the, the four of them are very rarely on the field at the same time, which is saying something really, isn't it? Um, moving, over to, moving over to Denver, uh, where Nathaniel Hackett got revenge. Um, the, the Broncos <laughs> losing 21-31 to the Jets uh, the Denver offense played one half of football again they've done that in four or five games and it cost them yesterday um, they again looked like one of the worst coached teams in football which is obviously funny enough that they lost to a Hackett coached offense um, Sean Payton <laughs> is, is that, they just they, they look good they look so good they draw you in for one half whether it's the first half or the second half of every game and then the other half of the game they look dreadful <laughs> they, they really do and it starts from the very start of this this game um, with a Marvin Mims fumble punt return and after that the, the Broncos did bounce back especially against good Jets defence too you know it's very good you know the, the Denver offense were really good in the first half they got into a lead but they could barely get a yard in the second half at one point they had 11 plays in a row that went for something like minus 14 yards and they lost a fumble in that time as well that is, that is absolutely atrocious it really is um, Brees Hall probably won this game for the, the Jets he um his TD at the start of the third quarter was a game-shaping play. It shaped the game towards the Jets and um, it put them up. Uh, it made up for the three points that they left on the end at the board at the end of the second half, where Hackett and, and Zach Wilson couldn't get the the, uh, the the clock stopped in time to go for a field goal at the end of the, the end of the second half. Sorry, at the end of the first half, um, it was 15-13 at that point to the to the Jets. They're up by two points. The game ended, it goes back and forth for a while, the game ended with a costly Russell Wilson fumble. They were down uh, they were down 24-21 with less than a minute left to go and they got them he got them in good range to at least tie the game. You know, they they you know on the verge of field goal range. Parts of time just picked off Zach Wilson. You know, momentum was back with Denver for the first time in, in the entire second half. And then he was strip sacked by Quincy Williams trying to scramble to his left. And and uh, sorry, and Bryce Hall, not Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall took it in for a tee to win the game for the Jets. Um, yeah, I just, it's just, that's just the Broncos are just so iffy. Quincy Williams, by the way, great player. Quinn Williams' brother, he's been one of the Jets' best players this entire mm. season. He's awesome yeah. on that defense. Um, but yeah, no, Russell Wilson, man, like that was his worst game. Um, yesterday, like again, Jets' defense is very, very good. Is is excusable why? But uh, but no, yeah, I think. Zach Wilson looked okay, like you know he looked okay. Russell Wilson probably was the better quarterback yesterday, in my opinion. But uh, I'd love to see Russell Wilson in this Jets team, although take away Hackett <laughs> as a play caller because that will never work. But I just like 
the Broncos look badly coached, which is, you know, it's really funny now that Sean Payton made that comment. Obviously, Hacker got his revenge, and the Broncos, you know, sitting at one and four now were. Uh, uh, really, you know, just looking around and, you know, it's like, what's going on? What's going on? Because uh, I, I bet they can't put their finger on it because they look so, it looks like they've turned a corner and then they go and drop a stinker the rest of the game. Oh, it's happened every week this, this week. This year, I mean, I mean, they, their one win came against the Bears team that were just, were just vying for a win, which is what they Wait, did. E- even they so, did right, Thursday. they were down like, they were down three scores in that game, came back and won it. They were awful yeah. the first half, second yeah. half. That's the thing. It's, even so, it's the same theme, you know. It's like they need. It's like they just switch off. They're not like mentally well, there. The whole team. We we were saying that they're the worst coach team, purely based from Vance Joseph and their defense, and it looked like that because their defense was just atrocious. They couldn't play. They couldn't play one quarter, let alone four. And now we're slowly seeing this offense just trundle its way through the game. And yeah, they look good for the first half, and then they just shut down the second half. It's, as you said, you can't you can't really put a finger on it because you you don't know whether to blame Sean Payton, but then you don't know whether to blame this offense entirely because Hackett came in for one season and the offense looked awful, and then Payton comes in with this with this offensive mind that he'll work with Russ, and Russ has looked a bit better. But their offense hasn't got much better. It's just it's a really confusing, confusing locker room, especially on the offensive side. Defensively, they had a couple of takeaways. They had well, they had an interception, and they looked they looked okay. They looked all right. The defense looked looked good yesterday. I, I, yeah, the, the defense second half of last week the defence carried on they played a whole game that's the thing the defence carried on the second half of last of last week played a whole game this week They like the defence wasn't the problem yesterday it was it was the offence you know just laying an egg in the second half that's that, that's what lost the Broncos the game yeah I mean it's you, credit credit to the Jets and their defence their defence has been superb all, all year so far and they it will win them some games. It was what won them the game yesterday because, as you said, Wilson he, he looked all right. He didn't look overly impressive. He didn't look as good as he did against the Chiefs. But the, the, these Broncos, it's just so so confusing. Again on the Jets, they it was it's nice for them to get another win. It's nice for Wilson to get a, a tick in the win column and Salah as well. He looks really good as a head coach. It's just a shame we couldn't see what they could. Done with Rogers. Hopefully, he pulls some miracle and does come back because, yes, he's a divisive figure, but the Jets at full strength will be a really interesting team to watch. Um, but it's nice for them to keep the spirits high. There's been a lot of questions about their locker room, and they look, they, it doesn't look like it's really affecting them coming off a really nice performance on Sunday night football to now getting a win. But these these Broncos have got to they've got to figure something out, and if they don't do it quick, it is going to be yeah blow it up and we'll go again next year. <laughs> For sure. Uh, on to two teams in the AFC South that both came into the game as uh, so both came into the week at two and two, two good defenses, two good run games, and it was a very typical close AFC South game. Uh, unfortunately for the Colts, 
they lost Anthony Richardson in this game. Uh, Gardner Minshew came in and gave the Colts another win, however. Um, but yeah, the, the sort of main story on all this game is the fact that Anthony Richardson uh, was injured in the second quarter with a shoulder injury. He, he, he had a run play to his right. He, he got hit hard. Um, he landed on his shoulder. And it's the same injury that Derek Carr had, but this is a worse sprain. And it sounds like Richardson will probably miss a month of football, um, which is really a shame because obviously Liam you know, said at the end of the podcast on Friday that he's only finished one of his, his three games in the NFL so far. Obviously, he's got a concussion he got taken out last week too and it yeah it's just it, yeah he's it, starting to build a bit of an injury um worry you know injury concern you know something that sort of hovers over the likes of Jimmy Garoppolo and Tua where it's like he can't really take hits very well um so that is a concern but wh- when he does play when he you know we saw at the start of this game Richardson's a great player Richardson's a great player and hopefully he can uh when he gets back you know hopefully he can stay healthy the rest of his career because you know this, the Colts look a really well coached team they look really good um yeah, yeah. I said the run game was great you know John Jonathan Taylor came back yesterday. He's got his uh, his you know his big contract that he wanted. They didn't even use him. You know, they didn't need to yet. You know, he's you know he's he's still you know he's hard. He's not played. You know, he still needs to just get the you know the flow of the game. And Zap Moss is absolutely balling right now. He's never two <laughs> touchdowns. He's the first hundred yard rusher against the Titans in twenty games too, which is a big margin for them. Obviously, we know how good the te- the, te- the Titans are in defense. Um, and yeah, like and just the Colts, the defense was what the defense played well. The run game won them this game. Minshew again, he's solid when he's come in the last couple of games. Um, again, I think the Colts will probably be a seven-eight win team. I don't think they make the playoffs, but again, like yeah, it's a big, it's a big win for them without Richardson um, and the Titans. They're, they're just like again, they that DeAndre Hopkins looked good, right? The defense looked good you know, yeah. as well. It's not Derek Henry looked okay. It's nice to see that Hopkins still has it, but I just feel sorry yeah. for him that you know he's got Ryan Tannehill as his QB because they just he doesn't offer anything. You know they don't add Tannehill does not add anything to this Titans offense. I think if you put Desmond Ridder in that offense, you know he'd be exactly the same. Again, I think they're basically the same player, which is why. But I think you know I think if you I think Tannehill's a bottom bottom third QB in this league. If I'm being honest with you, right? Uh, you know, I, I, but the problem with the Titans is they're always going to win so many games on, by defense and their run game that they're not going to get a QB. So they're just stuck in this endless loop. And um, luckily they lost this game, so maybe maybe they they do have an off year. Um, obviously Vrabel's not going to get fired. They've got a pretty badly talented team compared to the rest of the league. But um, I think right now the Colts, the better team, they have more momentum to them, and the probably the better talented team too. The Colts, I'd now say so. Yeah, I think once again it came down to fantastic bit. I've, you were talking about the Colts and their coaching. I mean, Shane Steichen did wonders with Philly last year, and he's coming into this Colts team and he's he's really putting his stamp on it, and it, it looks it looks good. And there's a lot of positives to take. But the one thing that they are going to be really concerned about is Anthony Richardson not completing another game this time of big shoulder injury. It's not what they want to see from someone that they put a lot of draft capital in. But as you said, Zach Moss on the ground, if they can just keep plugging away on the ground like that, well, not even plugging away, 165 yards, if they can do that on the ground every game, then there's going to be a lot more wins coming their way. And they've got uh, Jonathan Taylor coming back too. Like, and that that's as well. one of the it's, best backs in football. It's, you know, it, it's a nice time to be a Colts fan, I'd say. It is. It, it, they're looking. They're looking nice. They're looking really, really nice. You just got to hope that Richardson comes back from this injury, and would be lovely for him to stay healthy. Would love 
that for the league because he looks really good for the league. He looks like he can make some really nice plays. On the other hand, the Titans, I I really do think they're missing Arthur Smith. Ryan Tannehill is definitely missing Arthur Smith as his OC. Uh, it's just it's not going his way. Whereas the last few seasons when they had Smith there, everything seemed to be working. They were just playing. A lot of people don't like Smith and his boring football, but it got Tennessee results and they're missing that right now. Henry's not looks like the 2,000-yard rushing running back that we are used to. Hopkins, as you said, nice for him to get 140 yards. He's still got it. But it's there is there's something missing. They're, they're, they're struggling with talent, like you said. There is not a lot of talent on that roster. But there's just something missing, isn't it? It's just not clicking for them. And it's just it's going to be an arduous season for them, I think. There's a lot of talk that they're probably going to move um, Derek Henry on at the trade deadline. Mm. Any team that's a contender, if you can get Derek Henry and you know if you add him to your offense, that'd be great. And that will reach, you know, like we saw McCaffrey at the end, the end of last year, the Niners. I think they'll probably they'll probably try and look and get a, a similar package, something like a second, because I don't think anyone's going to give away a first round pick for Derek Henry and you know maybe a no. third, perhaps. But you know, if they can get a second, I think they take that and they, they run with it because I think it's probably time for the, the Titans to rebuild now. Um, and again, you've got a good, you know, you've got a good coach and very able to do that as well. So, so I, I think that that that's one thing that you, you you're not worried about. It's just about building a new roster. I think with them, um, I think it's the same thing with the Giants as well. I think they're just they're just I, I as a they won they're quite lucky the way they won games last year. This year, obviously, they got a very hard schedule and they're missing you know Andrew Thomas and. Barkley, two year best players, so they were going to get thrown out by the Dolphins yesterday. It could have been more. It was only thirty one to sixteen. Um, Miami got back to winning ways. Tyreek, Devon, Chan, awesome, put on a show to beat the Giants. Um, because the Dolphins turned the ball over three times, it could have been way more. They they dominated this game. Maybe not the ton of possession, but they just every time they got the ball, they scored within a few seconds, and that that's that's just how good they are on, on offense. Um. I think to watch, it sounds like Devon Achan might have had his ankle that might have been to watch. Obviously, he's a, a great player to have, but they've got Raheem Moster, like they, 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 again, who is also good. So uh, even if they do lose Achan, who probably I'd say is offensive rookie of the year favourite right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to mention it for Jalen Carter for the Eagles. He's the defensive rookie of the year favourite too. Um, but uh, yeah, two wasn't the best. You know, he... he uh, but it just shows how good they are that they can absolutely dominate the Giants you know, with his two interceptions. Um, as one of the pick six, especially. Um, like I said, the Dolphins turned the ball over three times a fumble um, from Achan too. But the Giants just couldn't move the ball offensively. Um, you know, hopefully the offensive line and Barkley can come back soon because this team we just looks like they're going absolutely nowhere. Because um, otherwise, this season could just go very south very quickly. Uh, Daniel Jones was getting killed again. Obviously, he got sacked ten times last week. He got sacked a lot this week too. Uh, he left the game with a neck injury. Tyler Taylor came in. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, if you're if you're a Giants fan, I, I, I don't know what you do because I think you, you, you're sitting there at one and four and you're thinking, oh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have paid Jones. Maybe you know because you know we'll see what happens there because you know you have a chance to be probably again grab uh, a good quarterback here in the draft. Because um, I don't think they, I think they should have paid Daniel Jones, but luckily they didn't pay him very much, which is good for them uh, so I think it's, a, it's certainly a movable contract but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens to them in the future as with the Dolphins they've broken the record for the most yards in the first five games of the season previously owned by the greatest show on tough Rams a team in 1999 mm-hmm. um, yeah they, they, the Dolphins are so good their offense is so good and, and the Dolphins and the Niners they're just so far ahead of anyone else and this offensive side of the football isn't it like 
like Mike Daniel and Kyle Shanahan are just geniuses, aren't they? I mean, I I heard the greatest show on turf was named yesterday. I didn't know that that was the stat that was broken. I mean, it is just explosive offense, and that's what Mike that's what McDaniel's built with this offensive team. He's just got. He's just got some. He's just got so many speedsters and so many explosive players that can just build all these yards. It's just unbelievable. You said two had two interceptions. Wasn't his greatest game, but still threw for three hundred eight yards. Him and Hill. I don't know how they've got this unbelievable combination that they have. But one hundred eighty one yards again, and it's almost becoming the norm. It's like always oh, another hundred fifty plus yard game. There you are, another one for Hill. That's it's just ridiculous. Devon Shane is an absolute brilliant player. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought that might just be that might be one game. He played against Broncos defense that was just that was just absolutely spiraling at that stage. But he backed it up yet again. 151 yards off of just 11 carries. He's got some speed. And he's got some speed. He's got more than some speed. He just, he looks brilliant. He looks really, really good. And as you said, they've got Moster as well. Um, it's it's a really nice predicament for the game for Miami. Uh, losing Armstead on the IR is going to be interesting to see how that is managed. Um, but if you're a Dolphins fan, like you are, it's going to be, it's a nice feeling to be where you are right now. Conversely, you have the Giants who are just it's injuries aren't helping them. You are right. It's but as you can only blame injuries for a certain period of time. And Daniel Jones is just not the man who should be with that contract leading that team. That's just a fact. The fact they got their first touchdown in the first half in week five, and it came from a 102 yard pick six. Just says everything you need to know about their offense. Uh, their defense is—it's all right. It's just, it's there. It is just there. They finally got some takeaways. They can play. They play pretty hard. Yeah, but... Martin Dell is a great player caller. He can he can, he can you know, confuse people. Um, again, I think when I predicted the Dolphins season on a, on a, on Andy's podcast as Finland's Nation UK podcast, I picked the Giants to the trap game. So I know it's the sort of game that the Dolphins struggling um, against a you know multiple defensive play caller. Um, they got through it. Uh, and two or three three hundred yards and probably should have thrown three touchdowns yesterday. Bar the bar the turnovers, which I think I think have been an issue with the Dolphins with fumbles, less so two mm. interceptions, but we had the SDSA too. I that's the the only thing that the offense is to sort of deal with. Other than that, again, they're unstoppable, and look, they've had the most yards in NFL history. Um, you know, three five games, and that that, that in itself is just absolutely insane. So, yeah. so it is. Uh, it it really it really is it is just incredible to see this happening. Um, mm. but obviously you're going to get more and more stats like that broken. Um, well, the, the more the offensive side of the ball continues to dominate in the league, and also yeah. the more games you play as well. Um, but onto a game that wasn't great offensively. To just to finish out the podcast, <laughs> it's the it's the Texans and the Falcons. The Falcons came away 21-19 winners. Um, Desmond Ritter was the star of the show as Atlanta put on a strong, a strong second half to defeat the Texans. It was a slow start to this one, but it came alive in the second half. It was a tie game at 18 all with a little bit to go. Uh, one final drive for Atlanta to take the game. 
Desmond Ridder hit Drake London across the middle for a big game. Uh, and then Young Waku won the game for the Falcons. I think Desmond Ridder needed that game. I thought he looked okay this year. I think he looked pretty, you know, probably his best game as an NFL starter. Um, he needed that after last week's performance, didn't he? Because he was he was getting ridiculed last week. Um, and yeah, I think just moving on to CJ Stroud as well. He was great again. He, he, he's broken mm. Dak's record for the most games without an interception as a rookie, which is you know absurd. Um, and especially the team that Dak had compared to the team that that Stroud has. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the Texans again. I think they could sneak into the playoffs potentially, but that that again that Dallas team has been very good for like, forever. Um, yeah, I just I, I think really needed that, didn't he? And uh, the, for the Falcons, you can take it away because they didn't really run the ball well. It was all on Desmond Ritter, and he threw for over three hundred yards. Yeah, I've just I was looking through the stats again. I mean, I'm surprised to see him throw three hundred twenty nine yards. I mean, you said that before the season, people would have people would be laughing at that. But he they put the ball in his hands and fair play to him. When him at the most, went down the field, got that got the uh, got the field goal from Young Waku, and here we are talking about a win, and that's their third win. They're over five hundred. They didn't run the ball brilliantly. They're going to have games where they're like when it's like that, where they put the ball in Ridder's hands, and it, this time it it came through. It looked fantastic after last week's abomination. Really, it was a game that he really needed to to turn up and play. Fair play to him, he did. I think D'Amico Ryan's will not be happy to let a game like that slip as a as the head coach, as a defensive minded head coach. He will not be impressed at all. Pitt, Kyle Pitts, there's been a lot of talk about him, about how he's just fallen off this cliff, as it were, since coming out of college. But seven receptions, 87 yards, a nice little game for him as well to pick himself back up. If they, didn't throw, for three, if they threw 300 yards and didn't have a big game from Kyle Pitts, I think we'd be very worried. Because yeah. Yeah, we saw Johnny Smith with half 99 yards as a as a tight end last week in you know in London, yeah. you know, if Carl, you know the fact that Carl Pitts is you know basically tight, he, he, sometimes he's been tight and two behind Johnny Smith. That really yeah. uh, is a worry for the Falcons. Um, but I I think they're going to move him on in the trade down dollar. I think just because mm-hmm. that there are teams out there that will really want Carl Pitts. Liam mentioned one. I think the Chiefs could do with Carl Pitts. That'd be a real nice like duo yeah. to have. Um, you know, just I think a team would love would love to have him. The Dolphins maybe, although they they're looking at playing Chase Claypool at tight end, um, which we'll see, we'll see we'll see all that goes. But um, but yeah, no, I think he'll be he'll move on at some point just because the way I think he needs to be in a pass heavy offense, and obviously this Falcons offense isn't very pass heavy at all. No, it's it's uh, a lot more focused on the run game. Just how uh, just how Arthur Smith likes it. I mean. They put the ball in Ridder's hands, like we've said, and he won them the game. And uh, you're not going to get that often. So when it happens, fair play, fair play to him. Uh, as you said on Stroud, though, for the Texans, he has looked really, really nice in an offense that these where he's breaking these records. There, this offense was nowhere near the other quarterbacks that were even around him. So he's looking really, really. He's looking something special, and if they, if the Texans can keep building what they're building with D'Amico Ryan's, they could be in with a really, really good chance of creating something quite good. Ryan's looks like he is the right guy for the job. 
Texans have played really nice football. They've just come the wrong way, which is what you're going to get with a first-time head coach with a rookie with a rookie QB. You're just not going to be able to get yourself in that win column. But <clears throat> there's a lot there's a lot to like about these Texans, and uh, I think we'll uh, they could sneak into the playoffs, like you said. Uh, and if they do, that's a fantastic. Fantastic first season for Ryan's and Stroud, and they could really fly in that second, in their second season, and even their third season. Awesome! Just before I let you go, Ollie, obviously I can't not ask you about Monday Night Football. How do you feel like that's going to go tonight? Uh, yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. I'm obviously horrendously biased when it comes to the Packers, but I I still have a lot of time for Jordan Love. I think. Even he said himself his, his completions need to skyrocket, which I agree mm. with. But his yards, his touchdowns, have look, his, his the way he plays looks nice. Like middle of the field, short game looks nice. Deep ball needs some work. That's it's another conversation we can I can talk about Jordan Love for quite a while. The game <laughs> itself, Garoppolo, Garoppolo is Garoppolo is back, which which is nice. We want a competitive game. Uh, Adams is in. Jair Alexander is in. So big players are around. I think Ron, uh, Jones will be playing as well. I think that's a lot more up in the air. But it's a game that both teams need to win. It's it's a big... It, I think these can be, these, this is a big prove-it game for whoever comes out of it. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, a ni- it's a nice Monday night game. It's not, it's not like big light. It's not the best two teams, but... It's a. It's going to be. It could be a nutritional game that uh, both teams need to win. I like to say the Packers will win it, but you just don't know which Packers or which Raiders teams come out because they've both been very hit and miss. Uh, I would like to say that it's going to be a Packers victory, and I think it will be. But uh, it's going to be. It'll be an interesting game to watch tonight. Yeah, I I can't pick against the Packers at all, especially. especially... Like, I think it'll be a good game for love because it's prime time. Mm. And it's going against that atrocious Raiders defense too. So, so if, if that 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 you know, uh, <coughs> like you might get under, a little bit unstuck with Max Crosby rushing in because the the pass rush mm. of the Raiders is pretty yeah. good. But yeah. once he actually, you know, once he can see the field, if he can see the field as you know as well as you think he has done, then he'll have a really good game for sure. So I, I'm going to pick the Packers to to to, mm. to, uh, to take down the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Well, Ollie, thank you for joining me, mate. It's been great to have you on. And um, I'll see you all on Friday with another preview. Week six now. God, season's going so, so quickly, <laughs> isn't it? But it's all in as to what happens to the NFL and before you know it, we'll be in the playoffs. But uh, before that, before now, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see you next week. I'll see you for week six. <laughs>